Hello, fellow lovers of all things green. I'm Mary Stone, and welcome to Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries. It's not only about gardens, it's about nature's inspirations, about grasping the glories of the world around us, gathering what we learn from Mother Nature, and carrying these lessons into our garden of life. So let's jump in in the spirit of learning from each other. We have lots to talk about. Good morning. It's Mary Stone on my screen porch. It's the first day of fall, and I wish I could show you the flurry of turkeys in the front here. There's about three males, maybe four, parading their feathers at the females that seem to be aloof about it. Can you hear them? I'm going to see if I can direct the mic so we can hear them a little bit better. They were making quite a ruckus a little bit ago. They almost look like the Macy's Parade, you know, on Thanksgiving when they have that big turkey going down. I may have to go get my camera to get a shot of this. Ah, you gotta love living in the country. Oh, it's so funny. I've got to get a photo. I'll be back. Of course, as soon as you get the camera. They're not in view. They're in the brook actually crossing it. It's low now. We've had a few weeks of dryness, which has been an unusual trend since we've had rain, 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 rain most of the season or much of the season. <laughs> That's just a great sound, isn't it? When it gets closer to Thanksgiving, I always am commenting. Oh, here you go. Here you go. I think there's an argument going on. <laughs> Thanksgiving time, I always look at the wild turkeys and say, aren't you glad you're not on the table for Thanksgiving? Which reminds me, when I was in college one year, I spent in London and stayed at an international students' hostel where each of the ethnic groups would host a special holiday, so the four Americans in the group which was myself and three other fellow students that I was there on scholarship with, had to uh, prepare Thanksgiving dinner, which was a dilemma then because, um, as it turns out, in London at the time, turkey was not available in the grocery store, so we actually had to hire hunters. I know, doesn't that sound kind of rough? But anyway, it didn't taste the same either, I must admit. But anyway... I thought you'd enjoy hearing the sounds of turkeys, and uh, we'll get on with our chat. There is literally a chase of the females running. I don't know if they're running from the males. Uh, now y'all get along, y'all get along. <laughs> oh my, my, my. Happy fall. So I'm back from a walk with Miss Ellie on this fall day. I'll have to admit we have a gap in the recording for this lovely podcast because I went on a vacation to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, where it felt very summer-like. So I'm back on the screen porch, and I want to share with you the visit to the New York Botanical Gardens. Hello, fellow readers. 
Recently, I had the privilege of visiting the New York Botanical Gardens with the nursing woman become friend, Holly from Blairstown, New Jersey. It was her idea to see the gardens featuring Brazilian landscape architect Burl Marx before the exhibit closed last week. You may recall the previous episode where I spoke about marigolds when Holly was the the gal that uh, turned my point of view around about marigolds. That's in episode one, actually. And um, it was her idea to visit the botanical gardens, and I offered to join her. And what was kind of neat to learn that day when we ventured through the curves and swerves and aggressive drivers going into the city over the George Washington Bridge and over the Cross Bronx Expressway. And Holly had done this trip with her mom many times, and so she was the navigator, I was the driver. And uh, we did just fine. We did just fine. But interestingly, I didn't realize that she said that her mom is not actually the woman that gave her her garden start. I thought we shared that in common because my mom did. But it turns out her mom loved gardens and loved to to tour them with Holly. But um, more, she was an artist and she was an interior decorator and just had a beautiful home. And so um, there's certainly a connection between the outdoors and the indoors in terms of your living. And I often call myself an exterior designer as opposed to interior designer because it is all the same, you know, your views from the inside out, looking at your landscape, and uh, and vice versa, just living amongst it. So anyway, getting back to the column, designated as a National Historic Landmark, the New York Botanical Gardens was established in 1891 and spans 250 acres in the Bronx making it the largest garden in any U.S. city. Their mission? To protect and preserve plants, enhance the well-being of people and our environment, as well as educate and empower, and I quote from their website, the next generation of Earth's caregivers. The sign that welcomed visitors to the exhibit was titled The Modernist Garden, and modern it was with an iconic curved pattern path that Marx is known for, Rio's Copacabana Beach and Biscayne Boulevard in Miami are amongst the most famous that he designed. The bold black and swirling white path led us into swaths of tropical colors, textures, and treasures to the focal point, a walled water feature. By the way, all the images are on the website, GardenDilemmas.com. I invite you to look at my photographs that I took with my big girl camera. I didn't know until visiting that the art Roberto Burl Marx produced during his lifetime, which spanned from 1909 to 1994, was far more than gardens and landscapes. His expressions also came in the form of paintings, drawings, and textiles. The most special surprise through gardens were quotes of wisdom shared by Marx during talks he gave. He was a philosopher, maybe my conclusion, although some say he resembled Einstein with his untamed white mane. To follow are a few of Burl Marx's sentiments in my own words. Gardens are rooted in our spiritual selves, providing respite and nurture. Plants serve as a palette of color, texture, and beauty. But beyond that, they are living things that provide the oxygen we need to survive. He said how he felt his life would be too short to discover and learn from all of the treasures, reminding me of how I explored the woods as a kid each time going a bit further into the magical world amongst the trees. I like to think I still do. 
There was a poster headlined, A Record Year in Fires, which explained the number of fires blazing in the Amazon in late August is the highest on record, an 83% increase over the same time last year. The Amazon, by the way, is the world's largest tropical rainforest, which is the home for many plant species and, and animals that are not found anywhere else. So after reading that statistic, as I wrote in my column, our hearts bleed. And another poster sharing the history of Marx's appreciation and inspiration of plants. It was when he explored and studied plants in the remote spaces of the Brazilian rainforest that he began to appreciate the interconnectedness of all living things in ecosystems, is what the poster described. He was indeed a conservationist as well as a lover of plants. Towards the end of the day, we drooled over the water garden, a permanent and adored feature of the New York Botanical Garden. It's the first time I've seen the water lilies in bloom here, Holly said. Water lilies are also called Indian or sacred lotus, or just lotus. I took over 250 photos that day. One of my favorites, a lotus in bloom, next to the brown seed pods and green ones not yet dry. Those brown seed pods you often see in dry floral arrangements, they're really very cool. But it's fascinating when I saw the lotus flower having that mini seed pod, ready to be a seed pod, in the center. This just sunny yellow and then a pastel petals around it. I had never seen the green ones, you know, the transition between the, the flower and the dry pod. The photo, by the way, is on the website, so please go look for it. You'll like it. There is beauty in every stage of life. Then there was a photo of a permanent sign along the edge of the water garden. It said, please do not throw rocks, which made me laugh, really, actually, because I didn't see any rocks around, first of all, and secondly, <laughs> I don't know, it just seems funny. It's like a parallel to of all of us. I mean, we shouldn't throw rocks at each other, figuratively or, you know, obviously, really, we should never throw rocks. Anyway, such wisdom. Gardens have many lessons to teach us. I always end with Garden Dilemmas? AskMaryStone.com Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for part two about vitamin-packed leaf confetti. Hello there, fellow listeners. I am putting on my gear to get Ellie out for a morning walk, and I thought I would have you join us a little bit because I want you to hear one of the magical things about fall. First, I have to put Ellie's vest on, so bear with me. Come here, Ellie. So I think I mentioned that I went on a vacation in South Carolina when I came back. Oh, we're heading out the door. <laughs> When I came back, I just couldn't believe how the leaves had dropped so quickly compared to what I expected. So what I'm doing now is walking across the backyard. Come on, Miss Ellie. Come on, let's go over the bridge. Where I have a, a pond. It's a small pond that actually serves as um, rainwater runoff. Come on, come on. Come on, Ellie. Come, come, come. Over the bridge. 
She's staring at me. She wants to go on the road, but she needs to do her big job. <laughs> so what I love is walking through the crunchy leaves. That is just a great sound, isn't it? I just love this sound. Isn't that just the greatest sound? Isn't it? Come on, really. It's just so crunchy, and the smell of fallen leaves is wonderful. Fallish, you know? Okay, let's go for our walk. Come on, Miss Ellie. So I took the column indoors in case the sounds of the porch were intrusive to you, although it was a pretty quiet morning this morning relative to others. We've talked previously about how leaves change color, which inspired several to ask what to do once the litter hits the ground. First of all, think of them as free vitamin supplements, not litter, as they are packed with nutrients that trees absorbed from our dear earth. John from Hope, New Jersey reminisced about years past when folks collected leaves into a huge pile and burned them. Holy moly, I had forgotten about the excitement as a kid when that day came. But then there were the coughing and itching eyes that came with it. Turns out it is a health hazard to burn leaves, no surprise, let alone an environmental concern and fire danger if not controlled. In fact, in most towns, it's illegal to burn leaves or have an open fire of any kind without permission. No sneaking a smoke either on the premise that ash can be good in the garden. Leaves are packed with moisture, hence they burn slowly, causing large amounts of airborne particles which can be inhaled deeply into your lungs, sometimes causing long-term respiratory problems, especially in children, the elderly, or those with asthma or heart problems. Leaf smoke has hazardous chemicals such as carbon monoxide, which is believed to be a major factor in lung cancer caused by cigarette smoke. Yup, smoking leaves should come with a warning label. Put leaves to good use in the garden and lawn. Add a two to three inch layer of chopped or shredded leaves around plants. You can top dress with a thin layer of mulch if you don't care for the way they look. I think they're beautiful though. In fact, I have on the website a picture of the amazing bright red foliage that fell from one of my Japanese maples just below the tree. It's just extraordinary. If you don't have a leaf shredder, let the leaves pile up on the lawn and drive over them a few times with the lawnmower keeping some chopped leaves in the lawn. As with leaves used for garden mulch, they will provide nutrients, weed suppression, moisture control, and moderation of soil temperatures. Shredding leaves prevent them from packing together into layers that won't allow air or water to penetrate and reduces their volume dramatically. Composted leaves, known as leaf mold, added to your garden is another grand use of the colorful confetti of jam-packed vitamin supplements. See that? It's all a matter of how you look at things and how you use them. Garden Dilemmas? AskMaryStone.com Thanks for listening. You can follow Garden Dilemmas on Facebook or online at GardenDilemmas.com and on Instagram at hashtag MaryElaineStone. Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries is produced by Alex Bartling. Thanks for coming by. I look forward to chatting again from my screen porch. And always remember to embrace the unexpected in this garden of life. Have a great day.